the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 27th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 27, 2011, powerful tornadoes raked through South and Midwest United States, according to the NOAA, National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. 120 twisters killed 316 people. Today in 1521, Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan, he was killed by natives in the Philippines. His ships would go ahead and continue their course and circumnavigate the globe, but Ferdinand didn't make it. Today in 1791, the inventor of the telegraph, Samuel Morris, was born in Charlestown, uh, Massachusetts. Today in 1865, the steamer Sultana, carrying freed Union prisoners of war, exploded on the Mississippi River near Memphis. Death toll estimates vary between 1,500 and 2,000. Today in 1950, Britain formally recognized the state of Israel. Today in 1965, broadcast journalist Edward R. Murrow, you hear his name from time to time because local TV stations and networks as well, but they get these uh, awards called the Edward R. Murrow Award. He died in Pauline, New York, 57 years old. Today in 1982, the trial of John W. Hinckley Jr. He shot four people, including President Ronald Reagan. It began in Washington. The trial ended with Hinckley's acquittal by reason of insanity. Today in 1989, protesting students took over Tiananmen Square in Beijing. And today in 1994, former President Richard M. Nixon was remembered. They had an outdoor funeral service for him. It was attended by all five former presidents. It's at the Nixon Presidential Library in Yorba Linda, California. And today in 2009, a 23-month-old Mexico City toddler, he died at Texas Christian Hospital in Houston, became the first swine flu death on U.S. soil. Today in 2009. Mike Huckabee's getting a little upset about the media. He wrote an article over the weekend. He said, Friday, this is Mike Huckabee, former pastor, former governor, has run for president a couple of times. I like Mike Huckabee. I don't know him. I've never met him, but I like him. But he wrote this over the weekend. He said, Friday, much of the media outdid themselves in their hair-on-fire anti-Trump hysterics, giving us a double dose of Trump derangement syndrome idiocy. First, by claiming that President Trump told people to inject Lysol and kill the virus. No, he did not. They went so bat-poop crazy over that one that some of them were even calling it Lysol-gate. He said, here's a great primer in how not to write a headline. But wait, (laughs) what about Labradoodle Gate. He said, I assume that's the name they'll give to the non-scandal arising from Thursday after a 
false claim that Brian Harrison, whom Trump appointed as chief of staff at the Department of Health and Human Services, is heading up HHS's coronavirus response, and he just he's just a labradoodle breeder from Dallas. No, Huckabee says he's not handling HHS virus response. Dog breeding is his family business. They're, I happen to be aware of that. They're very successful. They're very well known for breeding labradoodles. They send them to people all over the place, probably all over the world. I don't know. But anyway, that's what they do. They're pretty famous for that. But um, anyway, uh, Huckabee continues. He says, he says, dog breeding is his family business, but as the Dallas Morning News, hardly a Trump-supporting paper reports, he's a serious public servant who served three administrations in high-level posts at HHS, the White House, and the Pentagon. Said the media's idiotic overreactions to something, to everything Trump says and does, and their apparent inability to do even the most basic research before reporting a story have become so wearying that they're no longer even worth correcting, scolding, or even talking about. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, I think we would agree with that. It just, it's like a torrent. There's an old phrase that says it's like trying to get a drink of water out of the end of a fire hose a little more than you need when you're thirsty. It just never stops. It continues. There's a story out there this morning, and I'm not going to, it's it's long. They write these long, in-depth stories about, uh, well, they're just agenda stories, but the Washington Post published a story this morning. It's a featured story, and it's, I, I don't know, it's two, 3,000 words long. I mean, it's it's a lot. And the title of it is A Virginia Preacher believes God believed past tense believed God can heal anything then he caught coronavirus and died the the story the story start i mean it, it it's featured it isn't in the margin somewhere in the back of the what it's featured story every day landon spradlin was growing weaker and now on the morning when he would leave new orleans for the last time The 66-year-old preacher and blues guitarist was unable to load his bags into the white Ford F-250 that was supposed to carry him home. Rick Lyons, a fellow musician who for weeks had played and prayed with Spradlin amid the Mardi Gras crowds thronging Jackson Square, packed the truck. Spradlin's wife, Jean, settled into the driver's seat, and on and on it goes. But the story is about, and I took the time to read it just to see if there was any redeeming value in it. There isn't, none at all. The story, it's well written, of course, but the story brings together, it sort of weaves together the fact that this guy is a street preacher, was a street preacher. He's a former Air Force uh, guy, and he felt, feels that had felt that God had called him to ministry. His wife would go with him. He has a couple of daughters. They're very talented um, on the guitar and stuff. I saw a little piece of video there, and um, he he felt that God had called him to go on the street and and preach, and so that's what he's been doing for the last number of years. And um, he and his wife went down there, and people kept saying, "Aren't you afraid you're going to get coronavirus?" He said, "Well, he said I believe that God is in control of all things." I believe that God heals. The whole the the whole story here is written to undermine people's faith in God and to say, now be careful, don't trust 
God. I mean, they don't say those words, but the message is loud and clear, like a fire hose in your face when people are needing to be inspired and encouraged and uplifted. They put this out there, undermining God, but they go on in the story and they weave it very carefully and very skillfully. They weave in the fact that he's also a Trump supporter. I mean, why they would feel the need to do that can only be that they simply have dismissed God and they hate Trump. And that's the world we live in. And that's what Huckabee was writing about and saying we're getting sick and tired of it. We are getting sick and tired of it. But that's the reality in the world in which we live. It's an amazing thing that we see happening in our lifetime. And I'll tell you, I, I, Marjorie and I were talking this weekend. and Boy, even our, our own parents, much less our grandparents, they were godly people. And if they could see what, where our world has got, we're descending into chaos in the world. And yet there is, there is that place of peace. There is that place of security. There is that place that cannot be shaken. There's a verse that has been quoted often by many, sometimes a little um, not theologically soundly applied. But there's a verse in Psalms 46, Psalm 46, verse 6. The Living Translation says the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The King James Bible says the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. And that that puts it pretty much all together. It doesn't matter how much chaos is going on out there. God is God and he's going to be God. The Washington Post and all the rest of them are going to come and go. God's word and God himself will never, will never, ever be removed. And that, this is a time that is forcing us, I believe, to take a look at what we really believe. Are these just words? This guy was doing what he was felt he what he felt called to do, and people would ask you, and he said, "Well, I believe God can heal, you know, and I, I, God will take care of it, and and so on." But he kept preaching the gospel out there on the street with his band, the band of people there. They'd sing, and he'd preach the gospel. And Washington Post says people sometimes would stand and they make one comment in their lengthy attack on God and, of course, the president. But they do make one admission that a number of people would stand and listen because everybody's seeking some kind of salvation. Well, they are. That was the only really truthful statement I found pretty much in that article. But I only mention that not as a point of conversation, but as an example of the environment in which we live today. It is chaotic. We're hearing all kinds of voices. We're hearing one doctor from Johns Hopkins say this, while another doctor from wherever say that. And sometimes they're not saying the same thing. We're getting directions to turn right, turn left at the same time. So there is a lot of chaos in our world today. John 14.1, it's a familiar verse, you know it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know who said that. 
the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. But he's not the first to say that. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them, whatever the enemy is. This is, this is a promise to God's people 3,000 years ago or today. It won't change. Psalm 147, 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. While the world is descending into chaos, the Christian, the believer, can stand on firm ground. And we do, as long as we keep our focus not on what's happening, the chaos around us, but on God, then the chaos makes sense and we can understand it. And we must be informed. We simply cannot become an uninformed people. Poll after poll after poll shows that part of what's wrong in the world, and particularly in America, is that people really don't know the truth. I mean, they don't understand. I don't mean the truth of God. They just don't know what's going on. And the media is out there every day telling you what to believe and when to believe it and how it should affect your thinking. And unfortunately, evangelical, not just marginal, minimal Christian types who say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I'm an American or whatever, or I go to church. Not just folks that may not really be informed about biblical truth, but evangelicals who carry Bibles and read them in church and Listen to the sermons of evangelical pastors. Seven million of us vote consistently. Seven million of us vote for people like Hillary Clinton, planning to vote for people like Joe Biden. And I know my adversaries listen to this program and you're already thinking, well, there goes Gary. He's on a political. I'm not talking about political. I'm talking about what these people believe. And what they advocate, and what they want to advocate in the most powerful office in the world. We often vote wrongly because we're misinformed. I want to talk to you about being misinformed today on a story that is circulating over the weekend. It's significant, but it's about Trump. It's always about Trump. But what I want to talk to you about is not about Trump. It's about how we can be misled if we're not properly informed and then properly oriented. And our orientation is toward God and his word. Then we can be informed in in a sense of looking at what's happening through the lens of God's word. It's called a biblical worldview. And there's whole classes and courses taught on that, fortunately. But I want to talk to you about one incident over the weekend, and there's many, but This one captured a lot of attention over the weekend. On Friday, out of the bowels of the left-leaning, widely-read Politico, it's a big news organization. It's left-leaning. They put this story out. It was birthed birthed right out of their own bias, really. They told the world that President Trump owed the state-owned Bank of China tens of millions of dollars. Now, keep in mind, this isn't about Trump. This is about truth could be any president, anybody, but their focus 
is on Trump, of course. But they say he owes the bank of China tens of millions of dollars, which will come due about halfway through the second term as president, should he be reelected. Our country, the world, took note. Politico extended the news story to include that, quote, this is a historic precedent and their so-called news story revealing that Trump is in debt. And if this was a marginal organization and, you know, nobody, a few hundred people read them or whatever, I wouldn't even be talking about them. But they have a huge readership. They have a lot of influence. Their news story revealed, quote unquote, that Trump is indebted to China and this will also complicate one of Trump's emerging campaign attacks against Biden and his cozy relationship with China. Well, who would not be concerned about that kind of a revelation? So I want to talk to you for a moment about that, but I want to also mention on Friday we ran a program that was we talked about Donald's Bible, and I wrote an article about it. And boy, has it gotten a lot of attention, partially because we are continually blocked. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and I, I'm not going to get into that, but you can fill in the blanks. It's a very important video that I, I think Christians need to see it. It's it's touching. It, it's It's encouraging. It's inspiring. And we've tried to get it on our website, and we kind of know how to do what we're doing, and we haven't been successful. We had it on there for a while overnight. I mentioned in an article that I wrote this morning, and I'm only mentioning this because we're getting a lot of response. And people aren't upset. They're just wanting to see it. Well, it's been blocked again this morning. It worked fine last night, and we got it up, uh, put it, published it. And um, so it's blocked again. Uh, it says because of, of a third-party claim they often use that phrase. Um, we simply, in the things that we write, we put up links to the source of what we're talking about. For example, I'm talking about this story that Politico put out. We just link to it in our written column that we do every day because we 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 are 100% upfront about it. So we just put put it on there. In the case of YouTube, we just put where it, what the source is. We make no pretense that we're creating all of this information. And we've done that from 2004 when I started writing this this article every day, nearly every day. So it isn't that, that, I mean, we aren't the problem. It's just that they don't, somebody doesn't want that out there. And they can't block it at the source, but they block it when people, or it gets blocked when people publish it as we have, even though we publish it properly and legally. And we always do. We always have. So anyway, this morning, it it isn't there again. And I'm getting email this morning. I understand your frustration. But what I would suggest is try this. It's a very, it's it's an incredible video. And I mean, it's inspiring to most, at least. Go to, uh, just go to google.com and then Google uh, Donald's Bible YouTube and see if you get to it. That would get you the video. That was the source, is the source. But for some reason, somebody doesn't want it on our website. So, and that's fine as long as people see it. It doesn't matter where it is. As I said, we source everything. We're not claiming it's our video. We never have, but uh, we don't do that. But anyway, it's out there. So 
think about it. And uh, if you want to see it, try that that I, I said and see if it works for you. But anyway, this bombshell, this bombshell story that Politico put out over the weekend, they like to call stories bombshell. I mean, it's, an old, it's getting a little tiresome to hear that word, but they use it all the time. It began with this. Donald Trump is warning China will own the United States if Joe Biden is elected president. Trump's organization, uh, his campaign organization, put out a, a, a TV ad, and it does say that. But the story continued. But Trump himself has taken on debt from China. In 2012, his real estate partner refinanced one of Trump's most prized New York buildings for almost a billion dollars. The debt included $211 million from the state-owned Bank of China, its first loan of this kind in the U.S., which matures in the middle of what could be his second term. This is Politico. Politico noted that the building is one of the most prestigious in his investment portfolio. He owns 30% of the 43-story $1 billion building. The news organization went on to detail how Trump's web of involvement with the state-owned Bank of China should make him, the, the intent was, should make him not electable. It was a, this should finally bring down Trump story. That's what it was about. And I'm talking about the story, not so much about Trump. But on Friday, the people over at Breitbart News, which is a conservative news organization, widely read as well, they saw the political story and they published their own story that's titled, Donald Trump does not owe the Bank of China tens of millions of dollars. And I think it's worth pointing out to us, and I I won't go into the detail of it, but a fairly quick and easy fact check shows that Donald Trump was never, not the borrower, and the Bank of China is not the creditor of the investment vehicle that owns the New York City uh, building. It simply isn't true. It just can't be true if you know anything about the deal. And nobody should have cared until this story was written to influence people to turn or to be their confidence to be undermined in the president. He does have an investment interest in the building. His organization owns 30%. But back in 2012, the building was refinanced with a $950 million loan from a consortium of banks that included Bank of China, which had already become one of the largest real estate lenders in the United States. The other lenders included Deutsche Bank, UBS, Goldman Sachs, and those kinds of people. Well, those loans were then packaged into bonds, commercial mortgage-backed securities, and sold to investors. This means any payments that are made go to Wells Fargo. They don't go to the Bank of China. In fact, the Bank of China was out of it within seven days or less at the time. Nobody cared at the time because it was inconsequential. But the bonds are owned by a wide range of investors, including mutual funds that are managed by Vanguard, J.P. Morgan, Chase, TD Ameritrade, those kinds of big investment companies. The securing that happened within days of the closing of the original loan eight years ago, it ended the Bank of China's role in the loan. They were only in it about less than a month. I mean, less than a week. The deal was sponsored by the controlling partner, Verano, without any active involvement. Trump wasn't even involved in it, other than he invested money in it. Breitbart concludes, contrary to the false report in Politico, the president had no financial dealings with the state-controlled Chinese bank. On Saturday morning, Politico, and this is the point of the story, on Saturday morning, Politico began editing their story. The story now begins by stating that it has been 
quote, updated to include comment from the Bank of China and additional reporting. That isn't exactly true. They are responding to Breitbart's story that called them out that they would have never responded to. They would have let the American people believe what they had published and said about Trump, and it could have been about anybody. But the story included a great deal of false statements, uh, just outright lies. I mean, they're, in my view, they're liable for some of the things they said about anybody. This happens to be about Trump. But now Biden and the mainstream media have picked up on this story. They're, they're not even mentioning that it was wrong, and they're quoting them. They're not liable because they're quoting a news source that could be liable, and they know that it's not true. But they're using it anyway. That's the web of deception in which we live today. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. You know, God has had his hand. I wanted to talk to you this morning a little bit about the fact that there's a story out there that a lot of historians believe. They believe that China, actually, Chinese sailors and their ships in the Ming Dynasty actually landed on this continent first before Christopher Columbus. 77 years, I think it is, or 70 years, something like that, that they they actually landed here, but they weren't in a position to colonize at the time, so they didn't. But they were aware of it and had landed here. It was the Ming Dynasty, and they did have a lot of ships and and one thing or another. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I was thinking about that, and I, I was just thinking about how God has marvelously led this nation in its development. And I, I'm not suggesting more than I'm saying. I know there are people that believe that America's replaced Israel and all that. I don't believe that. But the Bible doesn't teach that at all. I mean, even suggests that it will happen. So I don't believe in replacement theology, but I do believe in the in the hand of God in the course of human events. So did our founders. Christopher Columbus, improbable discovery of America, but it happened. The epic survival of the first English colonists in Jamestown, it happened. General George Washington, the Continental Army, they win the Battle of New York during the Revolutionary War. There were specific times in those battles when God sustained them. The astounding conception and the formation of the United States Constitution. Abraham Lincoln's plea with God that turned the tide of the Civil War at Gettysburg. All these things, there's so many. And we talk about them from time to time on this program. But so many things that indicate that God has a plan. God has a purpose for this nation as he does for every human being. And, you know, there, there, there are forces that have worked from the beginning to undermine God's plan, whether it's in your life personally or whether it's in this nation that God wants to use as he does all people. But, you know, there is a verse that I have based my life upon when I have felt the pressures, the chaos, the pushback, whatever it was in the ministry that we were doing at that time, pastoral ministry, the missionary ministry that we were involved in for several years, a number of years. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I believe that if we can be informed and know what's going on in our world and we can stand on God's truth, not our truth, not somebody else's truth, but God's truth, 
we will experience the peace, the joy that passes all understanding. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a privilege, always a pleasure. Thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399 Bellevue 98009.